on this week's episode of Third and Manageable. Once more under the breach, dear friends, once more, Sunday marks the closing of the 2019 NFL season as Super Bowl 54, the grandest of all sporting events, is set to kick off. Coming up, we break down every position to predict which team has the advantage and who will be the biggest performers. Then later, we'll discuss whether one of these teams has the makings for the beginning of a dynasty. Stay tuned. And welcome back to the Super Bowl edition of Third and Manageable. I am one of your hosts, Shem Hanks. And I am the other one, Brad Roberts. And we've made it. The culmination of an NFL season happens this week. Something that started in August, well before that for us in April, with draft coverage and talking about that. Here we are, about to be in February, watching the Super Bowl. Week 22. Yes, here it is. And uh, we have two teams involved that uh, neither one of us predicted were going to be in the final game. In fact, I think I was the only one that had a team picked in the championship games, but the Green Bay Packers certainly uh, crapped the bet on that one. And it is the San Francisco 49ers versus the Kansas City Chiefs. What is that? I can hear my brother screaming from across town because his Kansas City Chiefs, who have not been in the Super Bowl for 50 years, are trying to turn this franchise around. Oh, well, that sucks that the Chiefs are in, but, you know, best laid plans. That's just how it goes. And, uh, you know what? Every dog has his day. Isn't that how the saying goes? Yeah, yeah. And you brought up that neither one of us predicted these two teams, but at the beginning of the year, you and I both had a lengthy debate over what the Niners were going to be like this year. And we were talking, are they a four-win team? Are they a nine-win team? Are they a playoff team? What are they? Apparently, they're a Super Bowl caliber team. Absolutely. Uh, You were much higher on the uh, in favor of San Francisco uh, succeeding this season, but neither one of us really predicted this much. I mean, San Francisco finished with the best record in the NFC. Uh, They're... uh, I mean, would I don't want to put the cart before the horse here, but I mean, there's a lot of analysts out there on the San Francisco bandwagon. So for them to go from picking second in the draft last season and getting Nick Bosa to in the Super Bowl, regardless of if they win or not, if even if they lose, they went from picking second to 31st. That's yeah. that's the most drastic transition I have ever ever seen in my lifetime for the NFL. Yeah, and I was seeing that as a 49er starting quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo is like 22 and 5 of as an actual starter. And so, once again, you were bringing up that they had the number 2 overall pick last year. Also, it's a bit of a misnomer because they didn't have their starting quarterback either. So we just didn't know what this team would look like with an actual starting caliber quarterback. Yeah, we didn't know if, you know, he was for real. The sample size was so small. But also, remember at the start of the season, we were having the briefest hints of a debate of whether Jimmy G had a little bit of Carson Wentz in him. We were debating whether he could even stay healthy. But, I mean, he has proved 
all of those doubters wrong in that category. And 22-5, and five, stayed healthy for the entire season. Finally, his first complete season. Um, this, is, uh, this is set to be an incredible showdown. I mean, defense versus offense. High-powered passing attack versus the best rushing defense. Or ru- rushing attack, I should say. Um, this is an amazing game set to take fold. Right, and so let's get into it. Let's go down, break down some positions, and figure out who has the advantage in this game. All right, let's do it. So are we going to start on defense or offense here, Shane? Yeah, let's start on offense. Let's start quarterback. Okay. We're just talking about Jimmy G, 22-5, 49ers starting quarterback. But I don't think it's going to be much of a debate to say that Patrick Mahomes is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, absolutely not. J- uh, Patrick Mahomes, I mean, if we're going by even record-wise, Patrick Mahomes has just as good of a record as Jimmy G. So, and, I mean, who is the MVP out of these two? It's obviously Patrick Mahomes. The guy who's won the MVP before? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah him. Uh, both of us, you know, very quick statement here uh Patrick Mahomes is the guy if this game comes down to one versus the other the Kansas City Chiefs are gonna win hands down Mahomes versus Jimmy G however that's not exactly the situation these guys are both playing the same position but could Jimmy G have a better game against the Chiefs defense whereas Patrick Mahomes is going to be playing against that San Francisco defense. I mean, anytime he's thrown to Tyreek Hill, he's got to deal with Richard Sherman, whereas Jimmy G, he's thrown to Emmanuel Sanders. Well, Charvarius Ward, that there's no comparison in that regard. The Kansas City Chiefs defensive line, we got uh, Terrell Suggs and, and Frank Clark versus that formidable defensive line for San Francisco. So who would you have as the better performer considering who they're going to be facing. And while the Chiefs defense has been good over the last six, seven weeks, I would still say that I would take Jimmy Garoppolo against the Chiefs defense than Patrick Mahomes against the 49ers defense. Just because, man, that 49ers defense is really good. Really good. However, not all offense is based on the quarterback, especially for the San Francisco 49ers. So let's talk about some running backs. Yes. Uh, so there's going to be uh, Raheem Mostert, who has seemed to really take over as the San Francisco 49ers guy. Oh, yeah. Well, an incredible game two weeks ago now. Over 200 yards, got a couple of touchdowns, many touchdowns. Four touchdowns, yeah. Yeah. He was the reason why I lost my playoff fantasy football league a couple weeks ago. It's true. It's true. Because I went in on Tevin Coleman, but, you know, Raheem Mostert. Mm. Well, if you remember, speaking of Tevin Coleman – At the beginning of the season, we had a debate between us of which San Francisco 49ers running back would be leading this backfield. Who was going to have the most rushing yards at the end of the season? And it seemed as though I was a little more on the Matt Breida train and you were more on the Tevin Coleman train. But neither one of us predicted that Raheem Mostert was going to be the guy to surpass both of them. 
Yes, but also the Niners tend to go to different guys every single game. They go with whoever is the hot hand. Tevin Coleman did return to practice this week. They still have Matt Breida. And so are you fully confident that if the Niners are to run the ball, it's going to go through Raheem Mostert? I, I think they have to, especially because of the game that he had last week. I mean, it's, it's going to be, like you said, it's going to be based upon the hot hand. But the guy who's going to get the initial try is going to be Raheem Mostert. If Matt Breida is having, you know, 80 rushing yards on eight carries, well, he's going to be the guy that just takes over for the entire game. As long as they're having production, they're going to stick with that guy. But it really, I think they have to go with Mostert because hypothetically they lose this game. They're going to look back at themselves a lot like the Seahawks did in that Patriots Super Bowl of why didn't you give Marshawn Lynch the ball? You know, why didn't you give Raheem Mostert the ball more? You could have won the game if you gave the guy who just, I mean, 220 rushing yards and four touchdowns in the previous game. Clearly, he is the hot hand right now. Oh, absolutely. And so for Kansas City, Damian Williams has emerged as the guy. It was also something with Kansas City where they were bouncing between who was getting the most carries. And uh, Damian Williams had himself a nice uh, little playoff run. LaShawn McCoy was just a healthy scratch last week. Darwin Thompson, or two weeks ago, Darwin Thompson has been filling in in the backfield. Uh, For me, I think it's clear the Niners have the advantage for the running game. Well, and there's one player that we're not really focusing too much on for the rushing attack, but fullback, Kyle I was going to make that a separate category in and of itself because both teams are in a unique position where they both use fullbacks pretty consistently. Anthony Sherman and Kyle Huszczyk. Now, you know I'm a big Kyle Huszczyk guy. I like it when Kyle Shanahan uses Kyle Huszczyk, get him passes out of the backfield, but they're just such a better team running the ball with Kyle Huszczyk on the field versus when he is off the field. Kyle Huszczyk is the best fullback in football, which gives the Niners a different advantage than one would think. Yes. Uh, Even though Anthony Sherman's no slouch either. No, he's not. It's just that, I mean, there are more plays designed for Kyle Juszczyk than there are Anthony Sherman. That's just how it is. Now, I'm not It's not taking anything away from Anthony Sherman. He's a very good pass blocker and a good pass catcher when called upon. But all-around player, I mean, Kyle Juszczyk has had how many Pro Bowls in a row now? whether it's for the a AFC lot. or the NFC, because yeah. he was making the Pro Bowl for the Baltimore Ravens. And, uh, it, I mean, he's the highest paid fullback in the game. That's These are all facts. He wins the day in that regard, thus benefiting the San Francisco 49ers rushing attack that much more than the Chiefs. However, let's just be honest. The Chiefs did not get here on their running attack. They got here because Patrick Mahomes, for the second year in a row, has put this team on his back. Offense, defense, special teams, all together, he carries the day. 
So let's transition to now skill position players of who's on the outside, who's at tight end, and let's weigh this out. So I'll begin with the Kansas City Chiefs. That's where I left off. Starting off, they have Travis Kelsey. Mm. It's okay. It's arguable that he could be the best tight end in the league right now. I'm sure George Kittle has a lot to say about that. But Travis Kelsey is the guy at tight end. And then on the outsides, you have Tyreek Hill. You have Sammy Watkins. You have Mecole Hardman. Now, there's other guys down the list like uh, Demarcus Demarcus Robinson. Robinson, Byron Pringle, guys who had big weeks individually throughout the season. Yes, but the main three are those guys, uh, at least for wide receivers. There's Watkins, there's Hardman, there's Hill, and then you have Kelsey on the inside. Now, you break down the San Francisco 49ers players, and then let's do some back-and-forth debate here. And so, as you were saying, on the inside, the Niners have George Kittle, I think this is a battle of the two best tight ends in the NFL. And then on the outside, you have an emerging rookie in Debo Samuel and a proven veteran in Emmanuel Sanders. And the Niners have some extra guys who, like uh, Robinson and Pringle, had Kendrick Bourne good weeks individually, like Kendrick Bourne, like Richie James Jr., uh, Dante Pettis is still on the team, even though I forget that he plays for the Niners. <laughs> and interestingly enough, Jordan Matthews is still with the Niners. Yeah, what? Okay, so let's get back to who are the main guys. The San Francisco 49ers have the big three, whereas the Chiefs have the big three and a half. We'll call it four. So. Considering what we were talking about earlier, when we're picking the quarterbacks versus the defense, we also have to include the skill position players versus those defensive players. So I want to say that, again, it seems like the 49ers could be benefiting more from the poorest Kansas City Chiefs defense. However, those skill position players for the Chiefs are incredible. I don't know if Richard Sherman can stop Tyreek Hill. I, I really don't. There, he, His Twitter handle is Cheetah for a reason. <laughs> and Sherman historically has struggled more with speed guys than with big receivers. So is it possible that the 49ers, maybe they don't actually put... Sherman on Hill. I mean, yeah, there's certainly an argument to not do that. And you don't see it a lot, but it would be an interesting matchup if they did move Sherman around more with Travis Kelsey to guard him in coverage almost where I do wish that more corners guarded great tight ends. That's true, yeah. And Sherman does have a bigger body. I mean, he's six foot one, and he's he's got that range. He's always been a very physical corner. And if you're not going to put him on Tyreek Hill, then you're putting him on the other side against Sammy Watkins, who also has a history of being a burner down the field, but a taller guy is a burner. Yeah. And I got to be honest, uh, Travis Kelsey is, if you were to try to compare Travis Kelsey's game, 
in my opinion, he fits a lot more on the side of a Jimmy Graham finesse pass catcher than he does like a physical Rob Gronkowski type. Kelsey doesn't like that contact as much. So putting someone like Sherman on him has all of the benefits of really messing with his kind of a game. Yep. See, that's what they should do. I should be a defensive coordinator. The problem is then you're putting someone like Emmanuel Mosley, who, I mean, is so incredibly young. He has talent, but he's very raw on essentially the fastest player, offense or defense, in the NFL. But I also don't see uh, Tyreek Hill when you're defending him. It's more who are your safeties. Nobody sees Tyreek Hill because he's burning (laughs) down the field. (laughs) I am faster than you. That is Tyreek Hill. All right, so we broke down the skill positions. Which one are you taking? I got to side with the Kansas City Chiefs. I think it... It's going to be very tough for them to succeed with that defense. And I think the biggest benefit that uh, the 49ers have is the pass rush. If they can get to the quarterback early, it doesn't matter how open those guys are down the field because the ball never got to them. But I'm just going to side with the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, for two weeks in a row, they have shamed the Texans and the Titans. Neither of those defenses came close to stopping them. Yeah. I would side with you as well. The Kansas City Chiefs, I think, have the better skill position group. Now, real quick, which one would you take? George Kill, Travis Kelsey? Ooh. Um, I would take George Kittle. I mean... From a 49ers perspective, George Kittle does more for you. From a Chiefs perspective, if you take Travis Kelsey away from me, you can still win the game. But if you're the 49ers, if you take Kittle away, I think the Chiefs win hands down. It game's over. Yeah. They ha- the 49ers have to get the ball to Kittle 9 to 10 times. The Chiefs could win this game and Kelsey only catches two passes. Yeah. So I grant your premise that Kittle is more valuable, especially in this game. I do think Travis Kelsey is still the better tight end. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he is pretty amazing. I mean, he's been leading the league in uh, passing yards and touchdowns for how many years now from a tight end point? A lot. Was it <laughs> four a, years I, in a row with over 1,000 yards receiving? I, it's, it's at least three. I, it, yeah. I think you're right on it's four. So, there's one left on the offensive side. We got to talk about the offensive lines we here. We have to. It's a it's a must. For the Niners, you're looking at a stalwart, Joe Staley on the left side, playing left tackle. And over on the right tackle, you've got Mike <coughs> McGlinchey. His, he was out in Notre Dame. He was yep. a first-round pick. Really uh, wish I liked he'd him. be uh, yeah. in a Denver Broncos uniform. Sure. And so this offensive line group has really distinguished itself as a group that gets great push and able to create those zone blocking scheme runs. Yeah. So they can move a little bit more, but two great guys on the outside to be in pass protection for Jimmy G. 
And for two guys that are on different ends of the spectrum, I mean, McGlinchey's yeah. just starting off in just his NFL out. career. This is his year two for him. Whereas Joe Staley, in my opinion, San Francisco wins a Super Bowl. I think Joe Staley could retire. He's at that stage of his career. I would fully expect that if the Niners win, Joe Staley is retiring this offseason. Yeah. Now for the other side, the Kansas City Chiefs on the left tackle position have Eric Fisher. Speaking of high draft picks. The uh, <laughs> former number one draft pick from ages ago. But uh, you know what? Regardless of how people grade him as a left tackle, you got to hand it to the guy. He has hung on to this job through thick and thin. He's stayed healthy, and he is the guy starting at left tackle for his team. And no one ever talks about <clears throat> replacing him anymore. Like it's just, no, he no is, it's just Eric Fisher. He is quieted the doubters. Yeah. On the right side, they have the former Cleveland Brown in Mitchell Schwartz. And then at your guard positions, you have Andrew Wiley, who I thought kind of didn't get as much uh, Pro Bowl attention that he should have. Um, then you have Laurent Deverney Tardif at right guard and Austin Reeder at center. What's interesting for Austin Reeder is uh, Mitchell Morsey yeah. was the guy last year at I was just going to bring him up. And yeah. you and I both had this conversation of how you know, we were kind of skeptical as to whether the Chiefs really should have let him go. I mean, they just let him go for nothing to the Buffalo Bills, and it looks like there has not been a hiccup at all for the center position. Looking at, for example, the Denver Broncos, they let Matt Paradis go, and they had nothing but problems. You know, Chiefs, next man up mentality, and Austin Reader has played above average admirably i would say indeed so which group are you taking well if you're saying which group i have more confidence in okay yeah sure 49ers okay i think they have less of a problem with the chiefs defense they have more experience coming from Joe Staley. I mean, he's been in this game before. And uh, I think between him and Lakin Thompson and uh, Tomlinson, excuse me, and uh, and uh, Mike McGlinchey, I think they have a enormous amount of talent on that side of the ball. And not to mention, they can do their dual threat. They're going to run the ball down your throat or they can pass protect well above average. Kansas City Chiefs, they're kind of one-dimensional. They don't run the ball, so I don't have trust in them to, if the game is close in the fourth quarter, which team are you going to trust to run the ball and, and move the clock along? Are you going to trust the Kansas City Chiefs offensive line or the San Francisco 49ers offensive line? I think the Niners get it done. They can hurt you in both capacities, whereas the Chiefs, they're amazing pass rushers or pass rushing defenders. Ugh, 49ers. Yeah. And I agree with you as well. It's the Niners. They're in the better scheme. They're in the better system. And I think this group has been more consistent this year. So now let's talk some defense. Defense. Ooh, ooh, defense. Ooh, uh. All right. So. That was so deep. So Yeah, manly. that was good. I, <clears throat> I don't normally go that deep, but let's start with, I guess, 
pass rushers, defensive line. Yeah, let's start with the yeah. defensive line. Yeah. All right. And so, <coughs> well, I want to start with the fun group. So I'm going to talk about the 49ers okay. for a second. Where looking at their defensive line, you have to deal with the Kansas City Chiefs leading sack getter from last year in D Ford. Then you got, oh yeah, first round pick, DeForest Buckner. Oh yeah, first round pick, Solomon Thomas. Oh yeah, guy who has 10 sacks this year, Eric Armstead. Oh yeah, and then the number two overall pick who might be the defensive rookie of the year in Nick Bosa, all just cycling through. Every play, somebody fresh coming in off the bench, getting to the quarterback. Nothing but nightmares uh, for opposing offensive coordinators on this defensive front line. Yeah, I it could be a long day for Patrick Mahomes. Um, I'm expecting them to uh, have a lot of quick passes at the beginning of the game, just to kind of get that those guys out of their element. It's scary to see a defense that's so capable of only rushing four guys and consistently getting to the quarterback. That's the exactly the defense that you want to have, where you don't have to blitz, but you're still applying pressure every single down. And that's how the Eagles won a couple of years ago against the Patriots, where they were cycling in guys on that defensive line, getting somebody new out there against Tom Brady. That's what the Giants did a couple of times against the Patriots. We're just sending new defensive linemen who are extremely talented every single down. So the Niners are very similar in that regard on this defensive line and their depth on defensive line. Yes, but speaking of defensive lines, the Chiefs are no slouch either. They have been on an upward trajectory for this defense for the past several weeks. Starting off on the left side of the line, you have... Tano Kapasagnan. Yeah, I'm really glad that you took <laughs> the Chiefs on this one, yeah, too. Yeah, I think yeah. you only took the 49ers because they had easier names to say, not because you thought they were so exciting. Wait till we get <laughs> to the secondary. I'm probably going to flip-flop on you. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh, sure. But uh, besides him, uh, this is a player that I have just absolutely loved watching his career. Um, he came in as practically a nobody. Nobody thought he would do anything. And this guy has done nothing but tear up the league. Chris Jones from an interior defensive lineman. The man is on a mission to make some big bucks, and he is coming up for a big raise. Um, behind him is Derek Anandi, Frank Clark on the right side. But also, these guys have some sub-package uh, pass rushers that shouldn't be left out in the cold here. I mean, Emmanuel Ogba, Alex Okafor, and Terrell Suggs that they picked up late midseason. So I, I think this is going to be one of those games where the Kansas City Chiefs defensive coordinator, and please forgive me, his name has escaped me. Uh, he was the former uh, Giants coach and Rams coach. Oh, Steve Spagnola. Steve Spagnola, thank you. Um, he has... Uh, a mind for using those guys in such a rotation. Remember in how he used 
the New York Giants defensive line and constantly rotating those guys out so they were always at 100% capacity and ready to get the quarterback. (coughs) Excuse me. But this defensive line reminds me of that in that way with his, his system. I mean, I'm not trying to compare Justin Tuck and Jason Pierre-Paul and Michael Strahan to these guys. Not at all. The talent is completely different. But how they are used is how it reminds me. So expect Jimmy Garoppolo to see a lot of surprise blitzes from this team. Uh, I think if he's not reading the defense correctly and consistently, this could be a, a huge Achilles heel for the San Francisco 49ers. All right, and so which of these two very talented defensive lines are you taking? Well, it's you have to go, in my opinion, with the 49ers. Uh, from just a pure statistical standpoint, I mean, they if you were to compare both defensive lines, the 49ers practically doubled them up on sack totals and quarterback hurries. So the pressure resides with the San Francisco 49ers defensive line. They are going to have to carry the day for this defense. If they're not getting to the quarterback, expect Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins to have a feast 50 and 60 yards down the field. All right. And so lead us into linebackers. Well, for the linebackers, you have Anthony Hitchens. You have... Damian Williams, or excuse me, Wilson. So many Damian Williams. Words, you know. they're hard. I get they, it. They're yeah. so difficult. I they're mean, the worst. You do remember I did have trouble saying my name earlier. <laughs> so, but between those two guys, you know, they're no slouches. Anthony Hitchens made a name for himself in Dallas, has come over, really hasn't missed a step in Kansas City. I think they're still expecting more to come from him. But Damian Wilson, he's an up-and-coming guy. I think he has a lot more to grow into years down the road. So expect uh, a lot of good things here. But the pressure's going to be on them to stop that rushing game. Yeah. I like Anthony Hitchens, though. Yeah. He's got a huge body. Huge body. Speaking of big bodies, over on the linebacking core for the 49ers, You've got a familiar name in the NFL in Kwan Alexander on one side, and then you've got Fred Warner, who's emerged as one of the better middle linebackers in football over the last couple of months. So that's pretty good group of middle linebackers just right there with Fred Warner and with Kwan Alexander. You also have Dre Greenlaw and some backup guys like Elijah Lee that come in. But, uh, you know, if I am to pick a group, I like Quan Alexander and Fred Warner more than I like Anthony Hitchens and friends. Yes, I would say so. Um, I think if it came down to who I would expect them more to stop, honestly, I don't have faith in either one of these guys. Mm. I don't have faith that the Chiefs linebackers can stop the San Francisco rushing attack. But honestly, I don't have faith that Fred Warner or Kavon Alexander can stop the passing attack. I mean, if you put either one of those guys on, as example, uh, Travis Kelsey, I mean, who's going to stop him? 
anybody, nobody. So it, this is a, it's kind of a catch 22. If I think the, the 49ers can stop the chiefs rushing attack, but it's, this is going to be a very interesting game of how this plays out. All right. And so the final position group on defense, we've got defensive backs. I'm going to be talking about the 49ers and the aforementioned Richard Sherman back in the Super Bowl. He wanted to play in the Super Bowl again after leaving Seattle. And so he went to the Seattle Seahawks' main rival, led them to a Super Bowl berth at least, and he will have the tough task of trying to keep up with those speedsters for Kansas City. But the Niners also have other talent where Joukowsky Tart is one of their safeties, Jimmy Ward as well. Uh, Tart has had some injury problems through the year. They also have Quan Williams. You brought up young Emmanuel Mosley. They also have Akella Witherspoon also as one of their corners. Um, if I see a weakness for the Niners group, to me it's in their secondary. And that's the thing that has me most concerned about this game and a reason why that 49ers defensive line has to get to Mahomes early and often. Yeah, it's uh it's it's a situation that can very quickly get out of hand. I mean, we, both of us were watching that game with the uh, Houston Texans and the Kansas City Chiefs. The Texans had a 24 to nothing lead. And because Patrick Mahomes found out what was working, I mean, they went on seven straight touchdown drives. That's the capability for this Kansas City Chiefs offense. And if the San Francisco 49ers secondary is not up to par, it could very easily turn into a blowout. But moving to the other side of the ball, the Kansas City Chiefs at cornerback have Charvarius Ward. He's kind of their most talented corner, in my opinion. But the most veteran player is Bashard Breland and also Kendall Fuller. I think both of those guys have more experience and just more savvy. I think they can do some really good things going up against Emmanuel Sanders, um, even some of those youngsters like Kendrick Bourne. Uh, but at uh, the safety position, this is where I think is very interesting that the Chiefs have such an advantage. But Teron Matthew, but also Daniel Sorensen, oh my God. Goodness, Daniel Sorensen was playing every position last week, two weeks ago, excuse me, against the Titans. He was at linebacker, he was at safety, he was lining up in the slot. I mean, deflecting passes, intercepting balls, making the tackles behind the line of scrimmage. It was just a feast for these guys. So to compare this secondary versus the San Francisco 49ers secondary, I got a lot of love for you, Richard Sherman. You've got some great talent. But the Chiefs secondary wins the day for me. I agree with that. I would take the Chiefs secondary, especially with uh, Honey Badger. I'm a big Honey Badger fan for the Chiefs. And also with Kansas City, you don't beat them by throwing against their secondary. You beat them by running the ball. So, yeah, Chiefs win on this regard. So let's talk special teams for a minute. 
Well, um, for the Kansas City Chiefs, we have uh, an old uh, favorite here, uh, Dustin Colquitt. Uh, I remember thee well. Yes, uh, been with the Chiefs for, I think, his entire career. And uh, another player that I just love saying his name, Harrison Butker. Uh, Harrison Butker. Such a good name for a kicker. Oh, yes. Um, So between these guys, I mean, the San Francisco 49ers, I mean, who do they have on their special teams roster? Give it to me. Well, they've got the old stalwart of the Chicago Bears, Robbie Gold. And, you know, they have a little bit less dynamic uh, kick and punt returners like Mecole Hardman and Tyree Kill. They're rolling out Richie James and Dante Pettis. Granted, Richie James Jr., he's a track star, so... Well, and he did have uh, a really long return in uh, the Packers game. So, oh, and let me pronounce the puncher's name, Mitch Wishnowski. Uh, good job. Babe. I tried. But what I want to boil this group down to is just one question. So, 50 yard field goal to win the Super Bowl. Who are you trusting more, Ro- uh, Robbie Gold or Harrison Bucker? Ooh, does it have to be 50 yards away? All right, let's help Robbie Gold out a little bit more. Let's make it like a 45, 40-yarder. I would say from 45 yards and in, I'm trusting Robbie Gold more than Harrison Butker. Mm. That's not saying that Butker can't make that kick. I think he can. But Robbie Gold, I mean, he's been in the league for, what, 16 seasons now? Um, And he's been nothing but good to great. Butker is still a little bit younger. I think he's hugely talented, and I think he's going to be the kicker for the Chiefs for a very long time. But anything beyond 45 yards, I'm taking Butker, actually. So I I have faith in both of these guys, but the distance is what, what does it for me. I think 45 and in, Robbie Gold's going to make it five more times out of 100 than, than Butker will. But outside of 45, I think it's vice versa. Yeah, I think that's good analysis where if it's a long kick, you're going to trust Harrison Butker more. But Robbie Gold has proven that if it is inside that 45-yard mark, he's got the the huevos of steel. Well, and also from the beginning of the season, Robbie Gold actually missed six kicks at the beginning of the season. But he's been solid the rest of the way so he's he had a little bit of an injury he got it looked at got it taken care of and both of these kickers have been solid so uh i i don't expect this game coming down to a last second kick though i'll say that okay so before we get into any sort of predictions surrounding the game itself or players within that game let me ask you a more philosophical question about these two these two teams are teams that haven't been to the Super Bowl in a while. If you're the Niners, since they lost to Baltimore, if you're the Chiefs, you've been waiting 50 years to make it back to a Super Bowl. <laughs> they both have young cornerstones on both sides of the football, really. Which team has a greater making towards a dynasty? As the Patriots wind down on the Tom Brady era and potentially the Bill Belichick era, 
an opportunity is opening up within the NFL. Which one of these two teams is more likely to, let's just say, make the Super Bowl again within the next two years? Ooh, um, I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs here. Um, part of me wants to say the 49ers simply because uh, Kyle Shanahan is so young. I mean, he could easily spend the next 25 years with this team if he's consistent, um, despite the fact that's almost unheard of outside of Bill Belichick. However, I th- I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs because their skills... Um, it, they're more centralized, I feel. So it's possible for them to keep this core together and and really shave off the edges and not really be losing their talent. I mean, they, they are based upon it's Patrick Mahomes and who he's throwing the ball to. They have a couple of guys on defense. They're paying a lot of money to Frank Clark. They're paying a lot of money to Tyron Matthew. But could they lose those guys and still make the Super Bowl? Absolutely. Whereas the 49ers, they are so broad-based and so diverse. I don't expect them to be able to keep all four of those guys on the defensive line. They're not going to be able to keep uh, a Jimmy G plus Raheem Mostert plus Kevin or George Kittle plus all of these defensive guys. So there's going to be a lot of cutting away at the 49ers team long before the Chiefs do. So... From a talent perspective, I think both of these teams have the capability to be back next year. But I think if I'm picking a dynasty, the Chiefs have the makings more because I think they're more sustainable five and ten years down the road if they can just keep three or four of these guys together as opposed to 49ers are going to lose a lot of players. It's just fact. Yep. And I would also pick the Chiefs because of one Patrick Mahomes. (laughs) When you have a young, dynamic quarterback, it's the perfect ingredient for building a dynasty where he does make the guys around him better. Though Patrick Mahomes might be in for a $40 million contract this offseason or a $50 million contract a year, a year that is, contract that eats up at all that cap space of the guys around him. That's true. You know, he's going to struggle having a good offensive line if he's making that much money. Or a defense. Or even the level of skill position guys that he has now. Yeah, you're going to have to draft incredibly well to keep churning out that young talent to be around him. And uh, it's going to be very interesting. However, I'm going to say this. If we're picking right now, who's going to be the MVP for 2020? It's Patrick Mahomes. Sure. So yeah. for that reason alone, that's just why why I'm, I'm on the Kansas City Chiefs train. Yeah. All right. And so now is the big moment. Let's start making some predictions around this game. Very specific predictions, that is. Are yeah. you ready? Are you ready? I'm, I'm ready. Are you ready for some football? You're never going to sing again, right? Well... <laughs> I make no guarantees. (laughs) All right. And so before we get into that, I have some very sad, tough news to say on the air. And that is through the course of this year, you and I have been playing a game. 
We have been making predictions week in and week out, picking five teams. We have been making bold predictions based on those games. We have gone through the playoffs. And alas, it has come to pass that I can no longer win. You have officially won with 62, 35, and 1 record to my 56 and 40. Yes, it is true. I, Joseph Bradley Roberts, Jarl of Greens Ferry, Duke of Post Falls, <laughs> Baron of the North Idahos, and King of America, uh. Master and Emperor of the Iron Throne of Bold Predictions, and Dominant of Third and Manageable Podcast, mm. have so easily destroyed you in this game but that's the end of my gloating (laughs) less on the easy part like i mean it was easy at the beginning but man i had a solid comeback there at the end but just couldn't finish it off well i mean you say comeback i say pity point oh i'll take it i'll take (laughs) pity points that's fine you scored a couple of garbage touchdowns at the end to make it manageable you are Mm. the green bay packers to this playoff run (laughs) But if anything that we've learned from this podcast, it is all you're trying to do is get to that third and manageable. That's true. That's mm-hmm. true. Just trying to get it close. Mm-hmm. But, all right. Uh, so my first question for you, for our predictions, is for each team, give me who is most likely to be the Super Bowl MVP and who would your dark horse pick be for each team dark horse define somebody who's a little bit out of left field like you wouldn't necessarily think of them as eh, well i'll just break it to you that for the chiefs i would say patrick mahomes is the most likely to be super bowl mvp not a dark horse not a dark horse gotcha yeah Okay, okay. So, However, if you were to come at me and be like, Eric Fisher is going to be Super Bowl MVP, I'd be like, holy damn, Brad. Like, that's a really dark horse pick. That's some bold stuff you're throwing out so there. So we're trying to pick the obvious one, and then we're trying to find the Malcolm Smith. Yeah, like the Malcolm Smith. Or, I gotcha. Okay, so, yeah. um, so for each team, I mean, obviously MVP, Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes is the guy. If Patrick Mahomes wins the – plays well – they're gonna they're gonna dominate this game, and I I don't see it being within a touchdown here. I think they have the capability of winning it big. I don't think they have the capability of winning it close. You know that they're just they're gonna play their game, and uh, they're not gonna look back. For the 49ers, I think it's gonna be a George Kittle. You know I. I just, I'm not sure the Chiefs can stop him, you know? So this is why I don't like you very much, because my predictable picks were, well, Patrick Mahomes. Obviously. And George Kittle, for that very same reason. Can I change mine then? I don't want to have the same one as you. Yeah, sure. I'm going to go with Raheem Mostert. Okay. Okay. I was on the fence about him. I'll go with Raheem Mostert. You keep your George Kittle, but both of us have to have Patrick Mahomes as, oh, as the yeah. guy. 
And I guarantee you we're not going to pick the same dark horses here. No. Well, that's the fun part. <clears throat> like the dark horses, you don't know. Yeah. But Raheem Mostert, I think, could very easily follow up his previous game, um, 220 yards, four touchdowns. Why not toss in like a Derrick Henry performance and go for another 200 yards and three touchdowns? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And like you were saying about George Kittle as well, uh, Kansas City, they've struggled really defending tight ends. And so George Kittle and... Once again, this is why I don't like you very much. You already said it that uh, he has to get nine to ten touches in the game. Um, get out of my head, Gypsy. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, so I went first. Because I was looking into the plantier, and so that's, ah, that's, that's what, what was, was going on. I live in the plantier, man. That's why I won. <laughs> exactly. So you give me your dark horses first, since I got the MVPs first. All right. Now, I really, really wanted to say Kyle Hughescheck here for the Niners. Instead, I'm going to say Emmanuel Sanders. So biased. Oh, yeah. So biased. I wish that there was some real good analysis wow. behind it other than my being biased. And, you know, I hope that he plays well. I hope that he has 150 yards, a couple of touchdowns, and wins Super Bowl MVP. Well... Give me your uh, Kansas City Chiefs guy. On the Kansas City side, probably my favorite player on Kansas City, Hunter Badger, Tyrone Matthew, where, you know, if he goes out, picks off Jimmy G a couple of times, plays all over the field, could see a very likely scenario where Tyrone Matthew as the first-year leader on this defense is the guy. Okay, okay. Well, um, I'm going to go for uh, a true dark horse here for the Kansas City Chiefs. And I don't think you're expecting this, but he plays multiple positions. Me, Cole Hardman. Oh, wow. The I rookie. Think, I think there's a possibility here that so much attention is brought on Hill and Watkins that me, Cole Hardman could feast on some really big plays. And not only that, I think he could come away with a kick or punt return for a touchdown mm. and really solidify an MVP-like performance push. Okay? All right. But for the San Francisco 49ers, I'm going for the other side of the ball from Raheem Mostert. I'm going to go with Eric Armstead. Wow, okay. If the 49ers not win... Bosa, not, not the Bosa, Buckner, not not Buckner, not Solomon Thomas, nope. but... I think Eric Armstead is the guy. I think, in my opinion, he is the most talented guy on that defensive line. The most formidable. I think he's the strongest, the meanest, the fiercest. So that is the guy. And we've been saying it all podcast. If the 49ers win, that defensive line has to step up. And if that defensive line steps up, somebody has to lead him. Eric Armstead is that guy. All right, so there is your Super Bowl MVPs for both teams and dark horse candidates. So I want you to take us back into the plant here, and I want you to tell me how this game's going to go. Make your predictions. Good, sir. Okay. Well, once upon a time, there have been 
great offenses versus great defenses. Statistically speaking, the defenses win the day. Defenses benefit from an extra week of preparation, and they tend to come out strong. For example, we saw it last year. The Patriots versus the high-powered Rams offense. Nobody could stop the Rams all season long until they didn't even put up a touchdown against the Patriots. However, the Kansas City Chiefs will turn the tide and break the wheel of defense wins championships by Patrick Mahomes staring down the gun barrels of four defensive madmen chasing him into oblivion, and he will be passing end over end over end and leading his team to a Super Bowl victory that is a blowout. Wow. I am predicting that the Kansas City Chiefs will win by over 50. Points. Oof. Oof. Are you going to give like an official score? 40. Oh, wow. Five. Okay. How does math work? To 27. All right. 45 27. Wow. So you are thinking that it's just a Kansas City blowout from start to finish. Well, the Chiefs start off slow, if uh, memory serves. Mm. I think this could sure. be something that they get the engines churning around that second quarter, mm. and they just go touchdown after touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. Uh, I haven't seen a team able to stifle the Chiefs yet. Even in losses this season, they're still putting points on the board. You know, the Titans beat them in the regular season. Chiefs still put up 30-plus points. So I don't see this game being low scoring. I don't think the Chiefs can stop the 49ers, which is why they just have to step on the gas and outscore them. I don't know if the 49ers can stop them, but I have more faith that the Chiefs can beat the 49ers with that offense. I hate to say it. It's like just ash coming out of my mouth right now, and my body is shriveling saying these words, but the Chiefs are going to break a 50-year championship drought this Sunday. My heart just sank inside of my chest. If I had one, it would be gone. (laughs) But I give hope to man, and I have also looked into the plantier. And mine is different. My vision is different than yours where I see a different game happening, where you looked at history and said, ha, things shall change and offense shall finally win. But I looked at it and I said, my plantier, is Brad's vision true? And the plantier came back and said, defense wins championships. And this game the Chiefs do start out slow like they have throughout the entirety of the playoffs, but they have never played a defense like the 49ers, and the 49ers are the ones that have figured out a way to slow down Patrick Mahomes enough where 
there's just confusion around the entire Kansas City Chiefs organization. But there will be an opportunity where the 49ers will be up 24 and the Chiefs will only have 17 points, but the Chiefs will have a chance to drive down the field and win the game in the final seconds. However, it shall not happen this day. Instead, all we are going to be talking about on Monday is the defense of Robert Sala. We are going to be talking about how Patrick Mahomes choked in his first ever Super Bowl appearance. We are going to be talking about Kyle Shanahan as the best head coach in the NFL, the guy to have broken the Patrick Mahomes code and has and have reinvented the running game within football. Well, I would say that that is very much a possibility had I not seen that your Palantir was actually an eight ball that you were just shaking and asking (laughs) it questions. So, uh, you know, I I, I will trust my my glowing stone of magic Mm. from your uh, $8.99 toy that you got from Walmart. (laughs) Yeah, well... (laughs) All right, so the Super Bowl is going to go one of two ways. Uh, I, this is going to be a great game. Oh, in it's going to be opinion. a great game. I mean, two great teams, and I thought that the Niners, when they played the Saints, that was a really important game for them to prove to themselves that they can outduel a team. Uh, it was a really important game for Kansas City a few weeks ago against Houston to show themselves that they can come back from any deficit. So well, and how about great. just three weeks ago when we did this podcast, we were saying that Jimmy G was actually the eighth out of yeah. eight potential quarterbacks that were left in this, and now he's in the Super Bowl on the same level as Patrick Mahomes, who we had number one. Yeah, and in a few days we're going to find out who the five Hall of Famers are going to be this year. Yeah, there's a, a wait. lot lot coming up. So. Uh, Stay tuned for next week when we are breaking down the events of the Super Bowl. Oh, yes, and I'll be dancing around because my predictions have come true. Well, we shall see. Indeed. With that, I am Shem Hanks. And I am Brad Roberts. Talk to you all later. Bye. This has been a production of Values First.